I'll be preaching from Revelation 1, verses 1 to 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Revelation 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Let us pray. Oh God, we are thankful for your word. We pray that you would feed us through your spirit now. Help us to be encouraged by your word. Help us to see truth and let that change our hearts in living in holiness before you. Lord, we pray that you would turn our ears into eyes, that whatever we hear, that we would see Jesus for who he is. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine walking into a room. You walk to a specific area of the room, and you pull up the carpet of the floor, and it reveals a trapdoor. Opening the trapdoor, you see some stairs going down into a basement. You go down the stairs, it's dark, you, you fumble around, you, you feel, and all of a sudden you find a string. You pull the string and the light goes on. And the light reveals a treasure. A treasure hidden under the ground in a basement. And we see exactly that in our text this afternoon. The book of Revelation is like the process of finding the treasure. In the basement. It is a process of revealing the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ, Him ruling and reigning over all things created. Our revelation doesn't merely concern the unfolding of future events, but rather it uses events in the book to warn and encourage believers to continue in their commitment to Christ because they are victorious in Christ. They are secure. They can enjoy everlasting peace in Christ's presence. And these lessons from the book can aptly apply to every generation of the believer, from then until Jesus returns. I would like us to look at two truths from this revealed revelation to us from verses 1 to 8. And the first truth is from verse 1 to 3, revealing the person worthy of worship. Verses 1 to 3 serves as an introduction to the whole book. 
It helps the reader to, to see where John is going, what they can expect when they're hearing this book read and then apply it to their life. The revelation of Jesus or about Jesus to the churches, it came from one, God the Father, two, to Jesus Christ, who gives it to an angel, who gives it to John, who gives it to the churches in Asia. It's almost like a, a gift from God the Father to His Son, Jesus, saying, Jesus, my Son, I'm going to reveal you to the churches to encourage them. I'm going to reveal you as the prophet, the priest, and the king. And the believers in Asia needed this because they experienced heavy trials and persecution. And it exalts Christ with all power. What greater teaching can there possibly be? hope can we have than to know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in power over all things? In the context of the book, it, it is an unveiling of glory of Christ. It shows us that Jesus Christ has all dominion in heaven and on earth. It's a fulfillment of John 19.30 where Jesus cried out, it is finished. I am ruling now. I am reigning. Revelation not only pronounces judgment on the faithless, but also a blessing on the faithful. And having received this vision from the angel, John gives witness of this wonderful blessing on the recipients of this revelation. Why would Jesus' ruling and reigning be a blessing to those that hear or understand and submit to the prophecy? Well, the answer is here. It says to keep the word. God's word should be an encouragement to them to know that he's ruling and reigning and their life is in him, they can endure, they can carry on. It is a blessing because of the hope that a believer has in Christ. That nothing happens outside of his control, even this persecution. They are secure in Christ. Living in light of Jesus' victory over death is a blessing. It encourages them to keep on going with their Christian walk. Let that control the way you live your life, shape your worldview, and even in the way you preach or counsel. Knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ is ruling over all things. He's conquered death. That should encourage us in times of trials. Helping other people see Jesus for who he is to encourage them through their difficult times. We can be sure that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has the authority he claimed, and we can joyfully submit to him no matter what the cost. When we have a right view of Jesus Christ, we will have more confidence in the gospel, in sharing it, but also applying it to our lives in confidence in saying that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We can endure these tough times in life now because he is ruling and reigning. We will join him one day. The second encouragement, the truth, is from verse 4 to 8, revealing the blessing when you obey the revelation. This revelation gives believers the eternal perspective of God ruling so that that's an encouragement to them enabling them to understand his commandments and motivating them to obedience. It gives confidence in God's sovereignty over 
all earthly affairs and encourage them to stand strong in the face of difficulties that test their faith, we should appreciate the origin of this grace and peace that John is writing about. It's a Trinitarian blessing. The grace and peace comes from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The first century church, as I said earlier, desperately needed to hear this message. They were undergoing intense persecution, both both from Judaism and from the Romans. And revelation is to assure the believer in these churches that Jesus is Lord and in control of all things. And this is why the book would be such a great blessing to these churches. John breaks into this doxology, if you want to call it, reflecting on the person and the work of Jesus. Jesus Christ loved us. Jesus said in his own words in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ loved us and that he washed us from our sin with his blood. We were slaves to sin before Jesus. But Jesus washed us and now we are set free from sin. What a blessing. What a blessing, brothers, to know that you are not a captive anymore. These sins that hold you back, you are free from that. Jesus is the victorious one. And because of his victory, and we are in him through his blood, we are victorious, making us kings and priests. He saved us from the slavery and elevated us to a position of rulership. That is, we are presently kings and priests unto God the Father. Jesus Christ is seated in the heavenly places on the right hand of the Father. And since we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ, we are also conquering. We are ruling with Him. So since He is King, we are kings with Him. Since He is the great high priest, we are priests within Him. But now, we are in Christ. So what? We are set free from sin. I believe John is writing this letter to the churches, showing them, this is Christ. You are in Him. That's your position. You are free from sin. Don't go back to sin. You are already being persecuted. You, you want to endure. You want to go towards Christ. Don't let sin hold you back. You are free. Put it aside. You don't need extra baggage. Let that away. Put that aside. Pursue Christ. And that's where your endurance lies. When we see believers gain victory over sin, we see ruling and reigning in this life. We can rule our circumstances because we have been made kings and priests through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been set free. Those things should not hold us back. And that is why we can endure in Christ. And that is a powerful witness to this world. Saying no to the world and yes to Jesus. What a blessing. The sovereignty of God should make a practical difference in the life of any believer. And the church must grasp their identity as people ruling with Christ. In verse 7, we see God is ruling and reigning as He comes in judgment. He is the one that judges all people. 
And it says it, it begins with those that pierced him. Judgment came to Israel, to God's people throughout history, and it will come again in the future at his second coming. He is ruling and reigning over all things. Where do you stand in light of God's seat of judgment? Are you a priest or under his footstool? If you are outside of Christ, still a captive in sin, you should take Christ seriously today. He warned that those who refuse to repent will perish, Luke 13, 3-5. And he is not one to be lightly dismissed. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Brothers, leave sin behind. Repent and embrace him as king. Verse 8, John makes it clear that Jesus Christ is God. The introduction to the revelation concludes now in verse 8 with God saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. God described as the Lord God, the Almighty. And this title indicates God's power over all things as he is seated on the throne. John shows the victory with these words. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom will not be destroyed. Daniel 7. It says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The words here are interesting considering verse 4, where he says again, grace to you and peace from him who is, who is and who was and who is to come. It's almost a repetition here or this kind of sandwich where the Father is describing as him which is and which was and which is to come. And now Jesus Christ is claiming full equality with God. He is claiming to be God and have all dominion in heaven and earth. And since he has all authority, since he is the Almighty, we should take him seriously. He is seated on the right hand of the Father. His work is done. He's finished. He's ruling and reigning. Brothers, but we are ruling with him. We can rule with him in life. And since Jesus has dominion and power over all things created, our blessing is that we are ruling and reigning with him. The revelation testifies that Jesus is sovereign over all things. The blessing is that we can rest in that no matter what happens. Nothing happens outside of God's control. A Jesus who has all authority in heaven and earth will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And we can stand secure in that. Revelation reveals to us to take Christ seriously in worship because he rules and has all authority. When you take him seriously, you take him securely. There is no better way to live than under the lordship of the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And that is the treasure to discover. Let us pray.
Oh God, it is a privilege to know that in Christ is authority, that we can rule and reign over our sin and the way we live our lives. Lord, we're thankful that because of Jesus, we are set free to live holy lives in worship to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to live in light of your authority, that we would know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that we are ruling and reigning with you, and that we can say no to sin in our lives, sin that wants to hold us back in worshiping you. I pray that you would help us, help us to live in light of your authority and your rule and your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you would be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.